This is the Plan Simple Podcast. The one for you, my dear, the woman who wears so many hats. We both know how many people in your life benefit when you're at your best. What would happen if you were to ditch overwhelm and wear all those hats with ease? I'm going to share how simple this can be. We will dive into how to make health, family, home, spirituality, productivity, and entrepreneurship more easeful. Incredible friends and guests will come by for inspirational conversations, valuable shares, and real strategies so you can plan for your best life. My name is Mia Moran. I'm a mother of three, a wife, an entrepreneur, a coach, and your host. I wear a lot of hats, and I am committed to leading a balanced life and sharing all that I have learned and am learning with you. You're ready? Let's flow. Hey, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. I am really excited to bring back on a guest. We're doing that a little bit lately because sometimes it's really good to see what our guests have been up to. And so I'm bringing back on Jackie Woodside, and we're going to look at what would happen if you managed your energy instead of your time. And Jackie is going to tell us the story of how she went from a hot mess to happy and blessed. And she did this by learning to manage her energy instead of her time. So if you are chronically busy, chronically pressured, always overcommitting, and always feeling like you have too much to do, this episode is definitely for you. So let me tell you a little bit about Jackie. Jackie is a licensed social worker. She's a best-selling author. She's a TEDx speaker, a radio and television personality, a seminar leader, and she is passionate about expanding the edge of human potential. Jackie provides custom training programs, workshops, and keynote speeches for businesses and governments, organizations, and nonprofits and spiritual centers, and national organizations around the country. She is a lady who has a very full life, and I can tell you she has written some amazing books and teaches some amazing classes. We've had her as a teacher at our events, and she's just clear and concise and just really easy to learn from. So I'm excited for our chat today. Now, before we dive in, I have a couple of announcements. And as I look at them, I'm like, oh my gosh, these announcements go against everything (laughs) that I have learned as a business person about how not to confuse you. But I know you're smart and I really want to give you all the options that I can to lean into and love and live your best life. And so it just so happens that May has a lot of opportunity to do this. And I like to think it's because May is my birthday month. (laughs) But May is also a month that I myself, because it's my birthday month, have just always committed to really growing and expanding during. And so we have a couple really cool things 
going on around here. So you heard from Syl on the last episode of the Plan Simple podcast, and together Syl and I are leading what I'm calling Soul Sessions in May. And we are also coupling that, if you're listening to this in real time, we are coupling that with what the soul pieces that are part of Flow 365. So every month in Flow 365, we have a nervous system session where we, it's kind of like yoga for the nervous system. It's an experiential class where you get to calm your nervous system. And we also have the same, a similar situation called the monthly OM, which is about really setting yourself up to open your heart each month and to receive what's what's coming your way. And so both of these things are also going to be given as bonuses to anyone who joins Syl and I for soul sessions. And at the end of this whole amazing month of May, in June, right in the first week of June, right after we go through these four weeks together and all these amazing soul opening sessions, we're going to I'm going to host a 3 hour planning workshop so you can take everything that you've honed in on from your soul and from the soul of the group and you can put it into a plan for your next 90 days so that is what soul sessions is and i'm just so excited to see who steps into this and who's really excited to uncover your potential and what it is that your life is calling you to do next. So that is Soul Sessions. Now, I don't usually open up the opportunity to work with me for a five-week period. I'm a big believer in it takes a year to make real change because a year encompasses all the seasons, right? It encompasses summer and where what our family is up to in the summer and where our minds and bodies are in the summer. It encompasses the winter and same and where our families and our minds are and our hearts are in the winter. It encompasses vacation versus school, being alone at home versus being tra- traveling. It encompasses different food cravings and different hormonal cycles. And I just believe all of this is an opportunity to really lean into what we're wanting most in different circumstances. And at the end of a year, you're just in a different place. And actually, we have people in flow who've been in for two, three years, because every time they get to the end of a year, there's like another level to go through. And so if you haven't known if you've wanted to join us, definitely, and and leaning into that soul piece is appealing to you, then join us for soul sessions in May. I think you're going to love it. And if you've been on the fence about joining Flow 365, this might be an amazing opportunity, an amazing time to do that because our Flow members are going to be in soul sessions as well. So you can sign up for a year for Flow 365 and Flow 3... Soul sessions will be part of that. Oh my gosh, that was a tongue twister. So again, this is where I feel like I'm giving you a lot of choice, but I want to lay it all out there so that you know what you have access to, which is so exciting. And then the third thing I want to share, and this is super exciting too, is that our guest today, Jackie, is going to share 
a lot about her thoughts about time and time management. And yes, we talk a lot about this in flow, though flow is more the support you need to put in action a lot of what Jackie teaches. And I believe we can never experience slash learn enough about time because time is this thing that as humans has us stumped. And so Jackie is going to teach a class in May as well that's all about what we're talking about today. It's all about managing your energy instead of your time and learning some amazing tools to do that um, and being coached by Jackie. And she's an amazing teacher and coach. So I'm telling you that because the link to that is in the show notes. And that's actually something that I'm going to be taking this May. So I will be in that class. So May is a, a full month, and I hope that it is full and expansive for you too. And if any of those opportunities feel resonant, definitely head on over to plansimple.com and check them out. And let's just make May amazing. It's a great month, especially if you have kids, to make amazing and to make purposeful so that as you head into summer, um, you're doing so with intention, right? As as we're heading into that transition from the school year to the summer, sometimes we can let it all go and that's not helpful to us. By the way, that reminds me that there is a fourth thing coming up, but you don't have to do anything about it yet. But we are going to, one of our Flow365ers has this amazing program for parents. And so she is going to come in to you. Like it's going to be free. We're going to do a free week-long experience in May about really getting clear on our values. So Jackie actually in this episode is going to talk about values. And Jenny, who's part of Flow365 and has an amazing business, is going to come in and we're going to, the two of us are going to take you through a process of getting really clear about values in May. So that's coming up too. Again, it's a lot, I know. But I'm excited. I'm excited for the a lot because it's all good stuff. So I don't want to overwhelm you before we get into this amazing episode with Jackie, but head on over to the website and check out all those great things and just do me a favor. Don't get stuck in decision fatigue. Go check it out. Give yourself time to consider if any of this is for you and then enjoy your life. All right. Okay. With no further ado, let's get the amazing Jackie Woodside on the show. Hello, Jackie. Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. So great to be here. I so admire your work and in, uh, in, in order and organization and how you live your life being a mom and an entrepreneur and homeowner. And, you know, thank you for thinking of me and including me. Oh, absolutely. I love, I love our conversations. <laughs> Um, I wish we had more of them when we actually saw each other in person. Uh, you know, you're one, no. an example of somebody who I like after we like, you know, our kids were in school together for everyone listening. And I kind of knew who Jackie was. And I feel like after we were not in the same school anymore, we started talking more often. Right. More, more often. Yeah. Yeah. Our how the, the how age, life seems to go. Yeah. It was always nice to see you on the, on the field or yeah. such a, such a great community at Waldorf. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Waldorf so. Yeah, definitely. Oh my gosh. I'm so grateful for Waldorf. We're actually now we're totally going on a tangent, but we're going to get back to where we're supposed to be. But my um, oldest who has been in normal public high school for four years, but went through all of Waldorf, um, just 
finished applying and getting into college. And I hadn't seen what a difference it made like in a long time until that process. And I was like, whoa, it's so cool to be process oriented. But yeah, anyway, so let's get back to our conversation. So thank you for calling me organized and all those things. And I've already given your formal introduction, but let's go back to, because neither of us, I don't think have always been organized and conscious and all the things in terms of living our most, our, our, our best lives. So take us back, take us back in, in your life, like where, where we're coming from. So we're going to end up talking for everyone listening more about time and time management, which I love talking about, Um, but tell us how you used to navigate time versus how it sort of unfolds for you these days. Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, I like to say that I went from hot mess to happy and blessed. Um, <laughs> so, uh, gosh, in my mid thirties, I guess I was diagnosed with adult attention deficit disorder. And, um, I, you know, that, that says a lot. I was just, I was chronically busy, chronically pressured, always had too much to do, always over committing. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, fidgety and antsy and that her sense of what some people call hurry sickness. And my I friend started hurry sickness. Yeah. Okay. Hurry sickness. It's a, a British researcher coined that term, but 10 years ago, um, it's that, that feeling of chronically being busy and chronically pressured. So, um, a bunch of my friends were chiding me about it, kind of making fun of me. And I was like, Oh, I'll show you. And it was around the time that the book Driven to Distraction had come out, written by Ned Hallowell, who happens to have his clinic in the town next to where I live. He's in Sudbury, Massachusetts. So I was like, I'll show you guys. And a little bit on a dare, I went into the Hallowell Center. And and, uh, sure enough, I came out after a few sessions of assessment uh, with a diagnosis of like raging adult attention deficit disorder and a prescription for medication. Um, oh my God. And that, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that was good shit. I love that stuff. That <laughs> cleared, up, cleared up my mind, slowed me down. I, I mean, it really was like amazing. Um, but I didn't want to live my life on pharmaceuticals. So yeah. after, and I believe that you can find the mind body connection and use your mind to train your brain and, and kind of with your uh, spiritual will, spiritual intention, you can create a different experience with your mind and body. So I went away on a silent retreat about, I've been on meds for, I don't know, maybe a year, nine months to a year. And I went away on a silent retreat asking for guidance on how I could rewire and reprogram my neurology. And I know this sounds kind of, you know, kind of quaint or whatever, but I literally got this download over a day and a half. uh, That is the roots of what I still teach today. This was 20 years ago. And um, it's a program that I initially called energy management, managing your energy rather than your time and debunking the myth of time and stress management. Um, Then I wrote the book uh, on the same program and my publisher didn't like the title energy management. So it went to calming the chaos, which I think is also an apt title for it. Yes. Um, so I, you know, have, have used that program in corporations and with individual clients and in group coaching, uh, and I'm launching it again, just in, uh, in a few days next week yeah. called the oh my God. four keys to productivity and peace of mind. So I keep changing the theme. I've updated some of the, some of the work to include neuroscience. Yep. Um, so, uh, that peace of mind piece, I'm adding that into the title. So that's a little bit about it. I, I was definitely a hot mess. Now, you know, you wouldn't look at me, but I was always procrastinating. Everything was always last minute. And I just had that sense of like, like if, for example, I had wanted to write a book for 10 years, it was in me. So, so much so that people were like, Jackie, give it up. You know, you've wanted to do this for so long, you're not going to do it. So that sense of putting off bigger, important goals 
because I was like always busy doing the little things, not having a sense of long-term focus, uh, being able to, to focus on the long-term, all of that has changed. I've now written, as you know, uh, three books and been published in three others and uh, spoken all around the world on this topic and others. And I just, I'm, I'm happy and blessed. What can I say? Oh my gosh. So good. And just to like clarify, like at this point, you were a pretty high functioning individual to everyone who was like watching you. Yeah, no, absolutely. I was the clinical unit director of an inpatient psychiatric program at 29 years old. So, and I had a private practice and I was playing in sports leagues and taking personal development programs at Landmark Education. So I was definitely doing a lot and and functioning well, but nowhere near what I knew was my potential and, and capabilities. Yeah. I love that. Um, and I think that's so important because I think that that's something, well, I want to go back to something you said, but you just said something good too, which is you knew like what you knew you were capable of. And I think that that really haunts a lot of our listeners, like this knowing that there's something more yeah. and yet not like feeling capable or worthy of claiming it. So yeah, that's what drove me to go away on that silent retreat and just really go within, ask for guidance, ask for help, because I knew there was more in me. And I've done that a couple other times and going away and writing other programs that have just, you know, I say that my, um, my calming the chaos course helped me recover from my attention deficit disorder, but my life design course helped me recover from my chronic depression. (laughs) So I was also on meds for depression and I'm not any longer. And I'm just so Mm -hmm. grateful to live my life by design with clarity, purpose, and productivity and peace of mind. And uh, you put those two together and it just makes for a really empowered life. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about this concept of energy versus time. Um, Because I think it's going to dovetail quite beautifully with what we talk a lot around, talk about here, but just from a different perspective. So yeah, you talk about that a little bit. Sure. So I I do teach people that they want to learn to manage their energy rather than their time. Uh, The premise for that, this is so interesting, is that there is no such thing as time management. You can't manage time. Time is a fixed commodity. So you and I could sit here for the next 15 minutes and do absolutely nothing. We could just sit here. The 15 minutes is going to pass. Or we could sit here and be very engaged and talk about ideas and teach some principles. And this the time this time is not the variable. The variable is not time. The variable is how you manage yourself in time. So I um, the program that I teach is all about self-management self-regulation. So then like, okay, what does that mean exactly? So it's not, it's not so much about learning to manage your time tasks and to-dos, although that's an important component. It is a matter of learning to manage your energy, which is what you believe, how you think, how you feel, and the attitudes that you hold. So I I call that your beat, your beliefs, emotions, attitudes, and thoughts. So that that. energetic field of your inner world will determine the degree to which you apply the principles that anybody can teach you around self-management. The first place you need to begin is managing how you think and feel, and then managing what you do. So I'm not saying you don't need to learn self-management around time and tasks. You absolutely do. But you need to, before you do that, those principles won't take hold and won't be effective if you believe 
I'm a procrastinator. I'm so disorganized. I never get things done on time. I'm such a loser. I'm not, I'm never going to fulfill my potential. Those are the kinds of negative self-talk and negative chatter that a lot of people who struggle with order and organization and self-management deal with. So you've got to deal first with your energy, the energy of your beliefs, emotions, attitudes, and thoughts before you deal with your tasks and to-dos. Yeah, that's so interesting. And I would love to keep going into the belief thing and and get your insights on turning some of them around. But first, I just want to say that I think that that's that's just, it's so important to remember that. And this comes up all the time um, in my program because, you know, we're always meeting to decide what we're doing for the week. And very often a task or like some part of a project will show up in people's plans week after week after week. And it's like, yes, this is part of the project or part of the thing that you're supposed to be doing. But I don't think the actual act of doing the thing is where you're at. Like you have to go make time for exactly what you're talking about, right? So sometimes like what we actually have to put in our calendar is the time to manage our thoughts and like manage our mindset and come to peace with whatever we're doing. And that's, and I think that's, it's so important that we realize that that's something that we have to make space for in our lives. Like that can't just happen. So I love, love, love that. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. You know, I tell people if they, if they don't have a dedicated period of self-development pretty much every day, then they're not going to be nourishing their, their uh, potential, their capacity to, to really deliver what they want in life. Doesn't mean that, you know, they're going to have a crappy life necessarily, but they really won't be able to fulfill their potential without some dedicated time. I call them for my, my own calendar. Every morning I have just an hour and a half that's called quiet time. And, uh, and that's when I engage in that kind of work. Yeah. Okay. Well, can we talk about that kind of work and like, yeah, sure. What do you want to ask me Absolutely. And so, so let's say, let's talk about this idea that when we have these thoughts that are actually fighting the thing that we're trying to move toward. So like I'm trying to write a book or, but I am a procrastinator or I, really want to be a great parent, but I didn't have a model, like whatever. I just think it always, like there's so many places where we prove ourselves wrong before we even start. So how do we spend that time in the day, that hour, whatever you can allot in the morning to change that so that we actually have a chance at adding these things into our days that are going to help yeah. us move toward that. So it's a couple of things. One is that I do think the the spending time in the mornings engaged in some kind of quiet time reflective uh, practice, but then it's the ongoing uh, the ongoing application of what you're kind of studying, learning and, and, and processing in your morning quiet time. So people ask me all the time, like, what's your, what are your practices? What are your favorite, you know, spiritual practices or self-development practices? And I say to make my life, my practice, uh, you know, kind of every moment lived intentionally with clarity and consciousness. So, so let me break down a little bit what that means. So in the morning, you know, the morning practice time, I I engage in always reading. Uh, I write a gratitude list every morning. I write a prayer every morning. Uh, And I do some kind of like affirmative checking my beliefs, writing. Sometimes that's clearing out a, a low vibe negative belief. And how I clear it out is I write uh, an affirmation 
that opposes that belief. So let's just say, you know, oh, you're such a loser. Like, let's just take that. So I would, I would write down like, you know, you're, you're, um, you, you know, you're wildly successful and fulfilled in life. And then, and then I write every refuting thought. No, you're not. You're such a loser. And then I write again, you know, you're wildly successful and fulfilling your potential in life. No, that's so not true. I just, you know, I wish I were doing that. And you keep doing, it's called the clearing exercise. You keep doing that process until your mind literally has nothing to say. Your head gets quiet. I love that. And it's in that space that you can then bring in the energy of the affirmation. Because when you're doing an affirmation, but you don't hold the belief behind it, it's it's kind of like um, bouncing a ball off the floor. It's just like, it'll just bounce off. It doesn't take root in your belief system. So clearing exercises are one of the things that I really encourage people to engage in. And then throughout the day, you know, how do you engage in this as a way of being or, or, you know, kind of the way that you live your life. And that is just radical high levels of self-awareness. So listening or noticing what your inner chatter is, that inner voice. And then when it's not serving your higher goals, your higher productivity, your higher ends, learning how to engage in what I call self-coaching dialogue. Yeah. And I, I can say more about what that yes. means if you want. It's yes, clearly involved. I love yeah, okay. It. Yeah. So self-coaching dialogue involves. So let me, let me just back up. You can't you can't use this skill, this practice, if you don't believe that you can in fact change how you think and feel. Yeah. See, the problem, Mia, is that we've grown up in an era that did not teach us that we have the capacity, the neurological and psychological capacity to change our inner world, change how we think and feel. In fact, you know, years and years and years, people believed you're kind of uh, fixed and done by, what is it, age eight? <laughs> yeah. You know, like your personality yes. is set by age seven or eight. And that's, you know, kind of the way you are. Well, we know today that that's not true. We know today through the magic of neuroplasticity, you can change your brain throughout the entire course of your life by using your mind in a particular way. Yep. So I teach a lot about using your mind to train your brain. So that's a little bit of confusing because people think mind and brain, what are you talking about? That's the same thing. And they are not the same thing. Your mind is your capacity to observe and direct your thinking. And your brain is the organ, the, you know, the biological function where that occurs. So Yeah. And it's funny in my thinking, when you say mind, like I kind of want to go also, like it feels more soulful. Like it feels more, it does feel more soulful versus like, right. like uh, it, your brain feels more like your humanness. Yeah. In the spirit, yeah. the spirituality and science community, they say that the, the brain is the material and the, the mind is immaterial, the non-material domain. Yeah. Some hardcore scientists don't believe there is a non-material domain. Now to me, thoughts are non-material. You, right. I can't hand you my thought, you right. know, but you know, after I'm done using it, somebody could hand you my brain. So there is a material and a non-material component. Consciousness, I believe, awareness. There's a whole vast world of non-material, but hardcore materialists say that all the roots of all non-material are in the material so that you can find the roots of awareness in your brain. Yeah. Got it. So we don't need to have that philosophical debate. You, clearly, I'm a non-materialist. I believe that our thoughts, our connection to God, our our desires are are how God expresses on this in this world, and that we're all here to bring forth the highest and best of ourselves. That's our purpose. So you know, that's a whole other series yeah. of conversations. But I love that you're connecting that 
that that spirituality to the thoughts and the brain. So that's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. I, my work lives at the intersection of science and spirituality. Yeah. Absolutely. Where I dwell, I'm, I'm, I call myself a science and spirituality geek. Yeah. Um, so back to this. So you, so I, so before I teach this, use your mind to train your brain, I have to really challenge people. Do you believe that you can actually change your inner world of thought and emotion belief? And if the answer to that is like, well, hell no, I'm fixed. Then I can't help you. Because the truth is you are not fixed. You have the magic of neuroplasticity, which means changing your neural pathways according to how you think and use your higher mind. So with that said, there are all kinds of self-coaching techniques that people can learn that, uh, that have to do with managing your inner dialogue. It is our inner dialogue that gives us our experience of life. Yeah. Our inner dialogue gives us our experience of life, like hands down. I've seen people like win the lottery and bitch and complain about it because they can't trust their financial planner broker on what to do with it. You know, (laughs) and then they turn around and went through, pissed off that money and were flat broke again in eight months time. Yeah. You know, and 70% of lottery winners end up flat broke. Why is that? Because if you change your outer conditions without changing your inner conditions, you will recreate the same experience. Yes. So how do you use your mind to train your brain? How do you engage in that kind of self-coaching? There's a a bunch of different ways. I'll just mention a couple of them and then we can go further if you want. But one of them is um, kind of uh, distance, distance to self-observation or distance self-dialogue. So, you know, you're kind of in the experience, right? Your your sister said something that really pissed you off and you're in the experience and you're like, you know, why is she always saying that? And I don't know what's wrong with her. And we've never gotten along since we were a child. And, you know, you're kind of ruminating, right? And you're in that, that upset. And so instead of being in that rumination, as soon as you bring awareness to it, you then can put, can, you can do two things. You can take on the observer where you actually observe the exchange between the two of them and narrate the exchange as an, a neutral third party. So the neuroscience shows that when you do that, when you shift perspective from being immersed in it to observing and narrating it, your neurology changes, your stress hormones reduce and your pleasure hormones increase. So shifting... Yeah. Shifting to the narrator, or let's say procrastination. You've got this thing that you want to get done or you have to get done. You're saying like, oh man, I'm just such a loser. I'm so disorganized. Why don't I ever do things on time? That's immersive self-talk. Yep. You're using the I position. Why don't I ever do that? Distant self, distant self-dialogue is being able to shift and, and observe like, oh, look, and even using your name, Jackie's feeling stressed by what she has to do. And then having a dialogue where you're, you engage in self-coaching, which is what would you say to a good friend who was in that exact same place? And then you have that dialogue. You say, Jackie, look, you've done lots of really good things. I know this is difficult, but how about you break it down and maybe you can get to work on it. Yeah. So engaging in that form of higher wisdom through self-dialogue, distanced self-dialogue. So you're not in it immersive you're observing it from a higher perspective. So, and then the the next one is just shifting from first person to second or third person. So instead of I language, I'm such a loser, you shift and be like, oh, you know, she, 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 you know, you're, you're feeling like you're feeling upset. You're feeling anxious. You're feeling uh, pressured. So instead of I, you shift to you, or you can shift to she like observing yourself. Oh, she, look at that chick over there. She's having a hard time. 
yeah. then using your name, Jackie's having some difficulty and she's able to do better than that. Now, I know maybe that sounds dorky, but you know, like people aren't used to using their inner dialogue that way, but you cannot refute the science that says when you shift from immersive self-experience to distanced self-experience, you are able to overcome the, the negative emotions. I love that. I love that because so, so when I'm, when we're in group in, in flow 365, we plan every Friday for the next week. And one of the things that we do there is we spend 15 minutes really in that gratitude practice that you shared at the beginning, just everyone sharing their gratitudes for the week of what they accomplished, what they got done, like where they really followed through on, on what they, who, and what they said they wanted to do and be. And, and I do that because if you sit down and make a plan from that doubtful self, you will literally come up with different things to do the next week than you will if you have a higher vibe, right? In that moment, like if you have a higher vibration, you will literally think of different things to do, even if you're like thinking of the same outcome, because you'll be coming more from fear. So I love that. Like, so a lot of times when people are alone or, um, you know, just have a, are, are making their plan for the week or, or podcast listeners or just planner users, I'm always like, just do something, just take four breaths, walk around the block, um, you know, just do something to calm yourself so that when you go to make the plan, you're like, doing it from your best self. But I think that if anyone's having one of those weeks or you've just had that month and I just feel like we're being served up circumstance after circumstance these days that are just here to test us at the highest level. Um, this is such a good, these are such good strategies to really get yourself to that place where when you sit down to decide what you're doing next week or next month, you're really coming from that that, that higher vibe self, which yeah, will yeah. create a different life. I love that. There's a lot of wisdom in what you just said. In fact, there's really good research that shows that immersing yourself in nature helps to calm the brain and increase productivity. Yeah. So even, uh, you know, even looking at just pictures on, on your computer screen of nature increases people's ability to focus and decreases negative self-talk. Amazing. I know. Right. So being yeah. in nature, being in green spaces, I love that. Like just taking a few minutes walk, even if it's just a walk around your backyard, kneeling yeah. down and touching the grass, uh, looking up at the trees, uh, immersing yourself in nature for just, you know, 10 or 15 minutes before you take on your planning period will really help yeah. alleviate stress and increase your positive self and, uh, self-reflection. Yeah. And it really, it orients you, I think out of like more into that mind space and less in that brain space, which yeah. in like Europe, it's prescribed forest bathing is prescribed as a treatment for depression in Europe. Oh my gosh. Well, yes. oh, they call it forest bathing. It reminded me of Waldorf, right? Yeah. The, the, having the kids out in nature, they've got forest kindergarten programs at Waldorf yeah. where the whole yeah. kindergarten program is outdoors. So they, they definitely have a sense of wisdom around the importance of being in nature. Sure. Uh, but I love that even looking at nature scenes on your computer screen, yes. or looking Although, at if you can walk outside, I would highly recommend. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but you know, I think about people in, you know, the middle of a high rise in a cubicle, in a high rise in the middle of a city. So yeah. that's, that's why I want to add that as well. You and I have the beautiful luxury of living in the suburbs yeah, and having absolutely. a lot of green space around us, but not though I have that. to say, I did not, I grew up in a city and I grew up um, in a family that didn't necessarily go seek nature. Like that wasn't, that wasn't where spirituality was in my upbringing. And it took me some time, actually. Like I married someone who loves nature. 
Um, my kids all went through the school that loved nature. And it actually took me a moment to find the calm uh, or let myself experience the calm that I probably always would have experienced if I just right. had to let it in, if I walked out the door, right? So, exactly. super interesting. Right. All right. So you have been teaching a little bit lately about procrastination as a way to invite people into this amazing course that we're going to tell them about in a second, but will you tell us a little bit? So I feel like, you know, there's so many listeners who have gotten really good at, at dreaming and making that plan and really knowing what they want, which I think is always the first step and sort of walking toward that and becoming aware what takes them off track. And then that procrastination thing shows up where like we have the best of attention intentions to show up to this life that we want to create. And then somehow we find ourselves doing something different and, right. and not leaning in. So yeah. Yeah. So sure. So, um, I, you know, I love teaching about this because it's something that so many people deal with is, uh, is procrastination. And so let me just say a little bit of what, what, what's happening neurologically when people procrastinate and in your brain, what happens when you like, kind of, you want to do something, but then you don't take action on it is that it's a fight between your emotional center, which is your amygdala, the limbic system in your brain. Um, the emotional center saying like, Oh, it's too hard. I don't want to. And it's avoiding the pain of that difficult, hard focused mental work versus your frontal lobes, your executive functioning center in the front of part of your brain. That's like, no, come on. I want to get this done. And it's important to me. So I want to point out a couple things about that. First of all, a lot of people who struggle with procrastination feel that they're lazy and I want to say that procrastination is not a form of laziness. Lazy people do not have frontal lobes that are saying, I wish I was doing this. I want to get this done. This is important to me. They're not having that dialogue, right? Yes. Oh so my God. The, I love that. Right. So the fact that you actually are engaged in thoughts and desires of wanting to fill in the blank, you know, go to the gym, take that yoga class, write the books, be in that play, you know, what th those desires are indication that, that you're not lazy. So procrastination and laziness are not the same thing. Procrastination is also not a character trait. You were not born this way. Procrastination is also not fixed in your way of being. It's a habit. It's, it's a set of habits and skills that you have developed. People are like habits and skills. What do you mean? Procrastination is a habit and you have the skill of getting shit done at the last minute. <laughs> Yes. Like, oh my gosh. Literally. Right? Like, so yes. I'm very good at that skills. myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you're not lazy. You've just developed a set of habits and skills that are not fixed. And when you decide you don't want to live this way any longer, it's a matter of committing to learning to train your brain around this fight between the amygdala and your frontal lobes. Now, here's the bad news. The limbic system is kind of the oldest part of the reptilian brain and the executive functioning center of your frontal lobes is the newest part of the human brain. So bad news first, the limbic system pretty much always wins. So that sense of like, I don't feel like it is. And then you, what do you do? It's not like you just flop down on the couch. Maybe some of you do some of the time, flick on Netflix or something, but most often what you do is you stay busy doing other things. Yeah. So nobody's going to look at you like, Oh, you know, there's Mia, look at her over there procrastinating. Nobody's going to say that. They're like, dang, Mia's got it going on. She's got a lot of things to do, but you know, in your heart of hearts, that you are not moving forward things that are really important to you. Yes. And that's the pain point of procrastination. 
Okay. That's so let so, me say if, so good. So right? good. Yeah. Isn't that just like so important to understand you're not lazy. It's not a fixed trait. It's not a character defect, you know, like it's not some moral stance that you just missed out on in your Catholic education. You know, it's not a bad, <laughs> like whatever. I'm just making this up. Right. But oh, I, but I those have are that education, that, but anyway, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but those are the things that go through our head, right? Yeah. Like we, we blame, we want to blame somebody else or we want to feel like it's fixed. None of that's true. So given, given that you are now ready, you are now at a place because you're listening to this podcast, you know, who listen to me go on and on about this topic that tells me that you are at a place that you're like really ready. Like, okay, Jackie, I get it. Wow. I can, I can learn new strategies, new skills that can move me from being chronically busy to meaningfully productive. That's what I want in my life. Look, it doesn't take anything to be busy today. It takes zero effort to be busy in today's world, right? But yeah, meaningfully none. productive, where you are taking ground on what's important to you, that takes something. Yeah. So a few things that I would, that I'll recommend to people, I mean, oh gosh, I just didn't want to say so much like take the class because it's really, there's a lot of change that needs to occur. But for those that aren't into doing another class, you have to understand that what will help that fight between the limbic system and your frontal lobes is knowing yourself more deeply and having a clearly articulated why. Because if you're not clear on why you want to fight through this procrastination and fight through the amygdala, fighting with your frontal lobe, saying, I just don't feel like it. If you don't have a compelling enough why, you won't ever do it. You just won't do it. You'll stay in that loop. And I, like I said, the limbic system will win. It is the oldest part of the brain. So what helps you combat that is knowing your values deeply and clearly and letting those values compel you into what vision you have for your life and what's possible for you. The vision for your family, the vision for your health and well-being, the vision for your contribution to the world and to the community. For me, that was the thing that had me finally, after years of saying, I want to write a book, I want to be an author, you know, finally get myself together, writing this program around productivity and peace of mind, and then applying those principles is what had me write my first book. And I'll tell you, I made that change. And within two months, I received a request for proposals for healthcare professionals. I was a clinician at the time, mental health clinician. I received a request for proposals for healthcare clinicians to write a book on change. And so wow. I created that book. Yeah. That was my, that was the first book that I wrote called time for a change. Uh, and I became a published author after years of wanting to, and people making fun of me. And, but what compelled me to finally do it was getting clear on my values and start turning those values into a vision for my life. And then applying the other self-management structures that I teach in this course. So that's one. Yep. Um, know your values, know your vision for your life. The second one that I want that you teach yourself is instead of put, you know, you, so you have to plan your time. You, you, you know, an unplanned life is a life that's unfulfilled, really. Yep. I, I like to say there is no freedom of managing your life and yourself without accountability because the ego will always run amok. The part of your human condition that is just kind of always self wanting to please itself or other people wanting to be approved of will always run amok. And it, to counter that kind of uh, impulsive, I'm going to do this to please this person and this to please that person and this because I'm just tired of pleasing everybody else, but not really moving forward in order to, to counter that the best way of countering it is taking that vision for your life and your values 
turning that into what you want to do and putting those things on your schedule. What most people, the mistake that most people make when they think about scheduling is number one, they only put face-to-face appointments on their schedule and all their other tasks and to-dos stay in their head at worst, or even a little better on a to-do list. But I say a to-do list is a setup for failure because to-do lists have no orientation in time. So if you have this super, super, super long to-do list, but this tiny little bit of free time to actually do it, it feeds the negative self-talk because there's no way you can get done eight hours worth of tasks in a two-hour block of time. I don't care how much you're a superwoman. And then you walk around saying, what's the matter with me? I should get more done. Why aren't I getting more done? Why can't I do this? What's wrong with me? And it feeds that negative self-talk. So the first mistake that most people make is they put only face-to-face appointments on their schedule. The second mistake people make is if they do put tasks on their schedule, they write their tasks in such broad strokes that the brain doesn't know exactly what to do. Yeah. So if it's, you know, let's say write a book, you know, if I put on my schedule, write my book or work on your book. Yeah. Or work, right. Work on my book or write my book my brain would get there and be like, uh, okay. And then it would take me that whole allotted time to figure out what the heck I was actually going to do. Yeah. So in planning the writing of the book, I broke it down into the most minuscule parts, you know, uh, write the chapter one outline, write the table of contents, write the acknowledgements for your book, um, do the research on chapter one around self-management and productivity, whatever, Um, come up with chapter quotes for the beginning of each chapter, research chapter quotes. So I'd have these very specific things in my schedule. So then when I, you know, I look at it, my brain knows immediately what to do. do. Yeah. I love that. And, and flow, we talk a lot about how like the list making, which includes like breaking things down, like that, that is a very creative and feminine, like task. And so I think that's why a lot of women actually mostly, I think are the ones who get stuck in that to-do list mode. I I, I don't think men write quite as many lists as women do. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Um, and so I consider that like a just very creative process. And then we, we sort of match that with the masculine process of creating like the container, which is time and putting them in. And so, and I, but I love, I love how you just explained breaking it down because that's so important. And so often it's like, we don't even, it's like, not only do we know if we, if we've started or not, or do we get lead ourselves into confusion in that moment, but when it's done or when we're at the end of our week, we, we have like, we've been so vague that we have nothing to, we don't even know if we've succeeded or not. And I think human nature is to decide that we haven't. Right. And, absolutely. You know, and then that just like propels us into thinking we never do anything because <laughs> we like, right. well, and there's so always more to do. So I think there's a tendency to, instead of being like, dag, look at what I got done this week. I was uber productive. There's this tendency to look at, oh my gosh, look at how much I have to do. So, you know, yeah. uh, so I think this kind of planning, like where it's literally all in my calendar, people look at my calendar, like, how do you live like that? But to me, it's total freedom. Yeah. I want my life so well planned and clearly articulated that if I die, somebody can pick up my, my schedule and fulfill my mission and like really live my life. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so, that's such like, um, I I just feel like that's so it's just clearly a way that the brain can be trained. Right. Like, cause we think that this like very full calendar is overwhelming by nature. Uh, you know, like that's, that's something, that's an example to me of something that's just been programmed. 
No, absolutely. Um, and then we yeah. can turn around. I love that. Right. Right. When, when people try, like for me, I, if I look at an empty calendar, I feel anxious now. Yeah. Like, oh, no, what, you know, I don't know how, what I'm going to do. I, you know, as, as you do at the beginning of the week and the beginning of the month, I'll go through and just set my whole calendar for what I need to accomplish yes. in every domain. I color code my calendar according to my values. Oh, yeah. I love that. I love that. I do that too. So I can see that I have, I don't, I mean, it'd be interesting to see what your values are someday, but like, I do everything. Like I, I, I can clearly look at my calendar and be like, oh my gosh, I'm taking care of myself. Oh yeah, my yeah, gosh. I am marketing well my business. Yeah. Oh, I'm serving clients. Oh, I'm, I'm having enough family time. I can clearly see that by the colors. So I love that. Yep. Same, same exact thing. I've got family time, well-being time, which includes yeah. spirituality and physical well-being. Um, mine is just work though. I like that you break down marketing and service clients. That's nice. I might think about adding that to mine. Although I've, I've used the same system, same colors yeah. for so long. I'd Mo- I do that. that mostly because I wasn't, you know, that was an example of yeah, no, that's I wasn't brilliant. leaning into my, 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 I wasn't leaning into my calling and I, I was hiding. And so in hiding, I was like, okay, I need a big, bright color to not hide anymore. It's <laughs> really, really brilliant. That, I mean, that's worth a whole podcast episode or blog, <laughs> blog post. And that's yeah. really brilliant, yeah. you know, for entrepreneurs and business owners. That's really yeah. helpful. Anyway, so, um, and then I have, you know, a family time uh, and um, taking care of like life, <laughs> life yes. time. Yes. Um, so, you know, that all of my values fit into those categories in one way yes. or another, you know, contribution, transformation of consciousness, spiritual growth, uh, freedom, fulfillment, and passion. Those are my, those are my core values. Oh, I love it. And so when you look at your calendar close up, the person who looks and reads the calendar might feel overwhelmed, but I, my guess is if you take a step back and you look at it, it's kind yeah, of it's a just beautiful my life. picture. It's a very right. balanced picture, right? Because you right. can see those colors that way. I love it. I mean, there's no difference. People who look at it and are like, oh my God, how do you live that way? It's not like they're sitting around on the couch eating bonbons all day. Yeah. <laughs> they're doing stuff all day also. Yes. It's just they're doing it in a very unplanned, chaotic way. way. Yeah. And I'm yeah. really planned and intentional, which is gives, which is what gives me peace of mind. Awesome. All right. So everyone listening, I personally am taking Jackie's class that's happening very soon, a couple days after this goes live. So I'm super excited. I know that you might be like, well, why are you taking that? You teach about time all the time, but I literally don't think that we can learn enough about this concept, practice this concept enough. I mean, I will constantly be, be learning and taking in more my whole life because time just doesn't fully make sense. You know, it's right. like not a construct that makes sense to, and to my brain. We're here, you know, we're yeah. here to low and learn and grow and develop ourselves. So good for you, you know, yeah. for continuing to sharpen the saw and especially sharpening the saw about what you teach. Like yeah. you want to stay at the yeah. cutting edge. Maybe you'll go through my class and be like, Oh my God, that Jackie, she doesn't have a clue. She should take my course, you know, or maybe I'm you'll sure end I up think that. Like, I have a, I have a feeling they dovetail together quite nicely. I think so too. <laughs> or maybe you'll end up with like, wow, there was a couple things that I really need to incorporate in my teaching. That was really yeah. useful. So either way, we got to just keep putting ourselves in there and grow. So we will put the link in the show notes. And is there anything else I need to tell our listeners? We'll yeah, put no, it's just, it's a, it's a quick five week course. That's an hour long uh, every Tuesday at 11 AM East coast time. And we're going to go through these four keys to how to have increased productivity and peace of mind. I do say about myself, I'm the least stressed, most productive person I know. Um, and I want that for you and for everyone else. And there are ways of learning to train and develop yourself so that you're able to put that on. And I think they did the, two programs dovetail really well into one another. Actually, Mia, your th- flow 360 and my piece of productivity and peace of mind course. Yeah. I think they dovetail perfectly together. 
Yay. I'm so excited. I'm so excited yeah. for Tuesday. Yeah. All right. Well, I thank you so much for your time today. Um, this was, I hope everyone learned something. I'm sure everyone learned something because I learned something. So we're all taking away these amazing nuggets. So thank you. You're so, so welcome. All right. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. At the end of every episode, we always share three doable changes so you can take what you've heard and put it into action because action is definitely where change happens from. We can't just sit and expect our lives to change. And yet when we're really craving big shifts in our life, I think sometimes we associate that with big changes and that kind of stops us in our track. And I have seen over and over and over again, how if we just take one small doable change at a time and we actually take it, we actually fit it into our lives, we make it work, we commit to it, and we just do one of those a week, one of those a month, we end up creating this stack of things that we've actually put into practice in our lives. And that is where big change happens from. So I hope that's good news. It doesn't have to be huge. So we have three doable changes from this episode, and I would love you to consider just choosing one. This is actually the second episode that is coming at you this week. So you have some doable changes to choose from. And if ever more than one resonates, what I recommend is finding a piece of paper or a page in your notebook, even better because it won't get lost, and keep track of the ones that you want to get to next, but allow yourself to really lean into one at a time. All right, here are the three from my conversation with Jackie. Number one, make to-dos doable. Take a look at your to-do list and find an item on there that's really too big or too vague. Something like write a book or declutter the house. And then break this down into tiny tasks. I would say break this down just into the next tiny task. So if you're writing a book, you might say write chapter one or outline chapter one or research topic X for 30 minutes or find 10 quotes, whatever the next step is for you. If you're decluttering your house, you might say clean out the junk drawer or make a bag of shoes to donate or clean out five drawers in my closet. Like you're getting really specific and then you're scheduling the time to do that one thing. See how much lighter that feels? This is a great practice to do for a week. All right. Number two, know your values. Jackie talks about turning values into vision and how she color codes her calendar to reflect her values. The first step in doing this is knowing your values. So start by letting yourself write a list of your values and then cross out the ones that aren't feeling like they're the most resonant. Maybe they're things that you used to feel or feel attached to, or maybe they're just not where you are right now. And highlight what's really resonating. Read through the list again and keep narrowing it down until you have about five to 10. My guess is, and the reason I'm taking you through this process is sometimes when we write out our values, we have like a whole page and you don't need to have five or more than five to 10. And if all that comes out when you first do this is the five to 10 clear ones, you're good to go. 
And then just pick one to focus on for this doable change. And ask yourself, how will I incorporate this value into my life today? All right, this is such a fun one to work with and something we don't always give ourselves time to do. So I'm all for giving ourselves time to do this kind of work because it makes such a difference. Way more difference, by the way, than anything on your to-do list. Okay, number three, get into nature. Being in nature literally calms the brain. So get outside, find green space. If you can't do that, even nature pictures can help. Studies show that. But if you can, get outside. Spend some time in nature and just notice how your brain calms down. All you need is like two minutes. And definitely consider nature as a way to calm yourself before you do any kind of planning or visioning. And then you could experiment with doing it daily or a couple times a day, just as a way to calm your system, to remember to calm your system throughout the day. All right. Those are three great doable changes. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Jackie and don't forget if you're interested, I am joining her class all about how to manage your energy instead of your time. And I'm so excited to learn from Jackie. So if you want to join us, go check out the link in the show notes and maybe I'll see you there. All right. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you know a woman who wants a little more simple and a lot more flow, share this episode and send them over to the Plan Simple website to download our free course. And if you can find a five minute window today between meetings in the carpool line while you're eating your lunch, head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. This one action plays such a big part in helping other women find us. And I have so much gratitude for you in advance. So thank you so much. Until next week, dream big, plan from your heart and have a great day. 